It's where America's pastime and the Iowa Hawkeyes meet. It's the conversation you want to be in on. Talking Iowa Hawkeye baseball. It's Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome one and welcome all. Welcome back to another edition of Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and the voice of Hawkeye Baseball, Zach Mackey. Glad to have you along for another edition. Thank you for joining, however you may be joining, whether it's on iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. And coming very shortly, we had a little snafu, but coming very shortly, we will have the chance to be on KXNO.com. Just go up to the podcast tab, and we shall be right there in just a matter of a few weeks. So uh, still be on the lookout for that. It's very exciting. And uh, thanks for all the, who have given their thoughts, questions, concerns into the show. Please continue to do so. And uh, I will direct you, though, towards our show's official Twitter page, at Hawkeye underscore talk. And uh, we'll be better able to connect with you there. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining this wonderful program. It's the time where the voice of Hawkeye baseball, Zach Mackey, and myself, Andrew Brown, we talk nothing but Hawkeye baseball. We do so each and every week, talking about the week prior and the week ahead. Episode number seven, once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so very much for joining in. Again, Andrew Brown, Zach Mackey. We'll be discussing the most recent weekend series for the Hawkeyes as they wrapped up their nine-game homestand against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. It was the third Big Ten Conference series that the Hawkeyes took part in, and out of those three, they now have two series wins. Obviously, the big one against 23rd-ranked Illinois, and most recently, the Hawkeyes did best the Scarlet Knights this past weekend two games to one. We'll be talking about that and, of course, the series upcoming for the Hawkeyes as they get set to take on Purdue in West Lafayette, Indiana. Game one of the series starts Friday night, April 12th at 5 p.m. first pitch, followed by Saturday's contest at noon and Sunday starting with first pitch at noon as well. As a side note, ladies and gentlemen, this show is being dropped on Thursday, April 11th. The Hawkeyes did happen to take a road trip to Bradley. Oddly enough, their nine-game homestand was at Iowa against Bradley, and they ended it with a road trip to Bradley. But uh, they did so on Wednesday, April 10th, unfortunately falling 3-1. to one. We'll briefly talk about that before we get into the Purdue matchup coming on up. But first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and start things off the way we normally do, the right way, as we break down the Hawkeyes by the number. So here's your word. What's the word? Here we go. Here come the benches. That's got to be wrong. Here we go, ladies. It's time for What's the Word. What's the word? Consistency is the name of the game for the Iowa Hawkeye baseball team, and they've been doing it quite well as of late. Swept a series against 23rd-ranked Illinois and then made a prompt a turnaround to win the series against Rutgers the following weekend, this past weekend, two games to one. Taking a look at the Hawkeyes now as we look at it through the lens of the Big Ten Conference. The Big Ten Conference! <laughs> through the full season so far, matching up to 31 games on the season, Iowa sits smack dab in the Big Ten in overall batting average at 258. 
That average makes up a total of 270 hits for the Hawkeyes. Good enough for sixth inside the Big Ten Conference. Iowa's 51 doubles, also a top five mark within the Big Ten. They have 14 home runs overall, six triples, and have stolen 38 successful bases out of 47 attempts. Those 47 attempts, third most inside the Big Ten Conference. As a pitching staff, Iowa sits with an ERA of 4.10. Through 272 innings pitched, Iowa has accumulated 250 hits against them, just 152 walks, all while dishing out 268 strikeouts. That also a top six mark inside the Big Ten Conference. In terms of batting leaders on an individual note, Iowa's Austin Martin sitting fourth in the Big Ten in overall batting average at 352. Through 105 at-bats, Martin has produced 37 hits, 17 RBIs, 7 doubles, and has smacked 2 home runs on the season while drawing 13 walks. Pitching-wise, Grant Junkins still in the mix for top 5 pitchers in the Big Ten Conference. Through 47 innings pitched, he has an ERA of 1.70, a record of 3-3. Three three. He has given up just 9 earned runs, 19 walks, while dishing out 41 strikeouts. That a top five individual mark inside the Big Ten Conference. As far as how Iowa has done against Big Ten Conference opponents, Iowa batting 242 against Big Ten foes. Through 285 at-bats, the Hawkeyes have produced 69 conference hits, 11 doubles, and three home runs. The Hawkeyes have been fairly stingy on the base paths, seven stolen bases, top four inside the Big Ten, out of 10 total attempts. The same success cannot necessarily be said about the pitching staff for the Hawkeyes. Although better as of late, the Hawkeyes have produced a 469 ERA against conference opponents. Through 78 and two-thirds innings pitched, the Hawkeyes have allowed 92 hits and 35 walks, although they have dished out a total of 78 strikeouts. That's a top five mark inside the Big Ten against conference opponents. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has been a look at the Iowa Hawkeye baseball team by the numbers, and you've had your word. What, what, what's the word? Here we go. Here come the benches. That's got to be wrong. Here we go, ladies. It's time for What's the Word. What, what, what's the word? And once again, everybody, that was your Iowa Hawkeye baseball team by the numbers as we break it down by the word. Before we go any further, once again, you can catch us on Twitter at Hawkeye underscore talk. You can listen to us in many different ways. Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and soon KXNO.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on. Let's get grooving. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. We're going to be diving into this past weekend as Iowa took on Rutgers in a three-game series. Again, as we mentioned, winning that three-game series two games to one. Taking game one, six to one, game two, nine to five, and game three, losing 15 to three. We'll dive into those numbers in just a bit. But first and foremost, we got to bring you as much of the game as possible for those who weren't there. And what better way to capture the glory that was the series win for the Hawkeyes than by taking a listen into the highlights. Straight from Zach Mackey and Steve Duncan, here are just a few of the highlights from the series that was.
Get this one's out of here. Be well struck down that left field line. If it's fair, it's gone. And it's a fair ball. Home run. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Yeah. Got him looking. Strike three. One, two, three. Goes Rutgers. They got him looking. This one well struck out towards right center, and it will bounce at the base of the wall. Adrian's on to second. McCaffrey will score. He's fourth. There's a base hit. Base hit out towards left center. This is going to be an extra base hit. Rounding third. Pollard's over to third. Coach Heller tells him to come on home. The 2-2. Two -two. Runner on the move. Well struck. Base hit right side. On homecoming is going to be the... On the oh, ground. yes. Base hit right side, right on the other side of the second baseman. He sets, kicks, now fires. And they got him looking. Strike three with a backwards K goes Chris Brito. Once again, everybody, Steve Duncan and Zach Mackey on the call. And you can find that audio and more highlights on the University of Iowa Baseball's official Twitter page, at UI Baseball. All right, now, everybody, let's move on, and we take a look at the first part of our segment, taking a look at the Rutgers series, as we just spoke about. Iowa took that series two games to one. A little different series than what Iowa has been used to, say, the first third of the season. You know, Iowa is normally a chalk team in terms of when they out-hit and outscore an opponent. Usually that series goes in their favor or when they out-hit or outscore an opponent, they usually win in a single game. This was a little bit of a different scenario. Iowa was out-hit 36-26, to yet still came away with the overall series win, I should say. At this point, you could shout, efficiency, Andrew. That should be your word, efficiency, and it certainly was for the Hawkeyes. A big tell if you win the series is how many runs you produce throughout three games. Iowa 18, but Rutgers 21. So again, uh, as Coach Heller talked about finding the runs, finding the hits that count, Iowa sure did. A big thing that helped the Hawkeyes out threefold. One, a big indication of how efficient you're being and whether you're getting the hits that count, as Coach Heller talked about, is how many runners you have left on base. Iowa, throughout just under a third of the season, was top five, top four in the Big Ten in terms of most runners left on base. Recently, their tides have changed, especially in the Rutgers series, just 21 runners left on base compared to 26 for the Scarlet Knights. Strikeouts favored Iowa in both categories, offense and defense. Iowa, for the second straight series, put up a 20-plus strikeout performance throughout the three games and totaled 27 against the Scarlet Knights this weekend, 12 of which came in Game 1. On the flip side, Iowa suffered 21 strikeouts, a little bit more than they would have liked, but still just one game in which Iowa had over six strikeouts. In Iowa's wins, they have averaged anywhere between 9 and 15 walks throughout a series. If they do that, Iowa usually takes the win, and they did so 13 walks compared to 12 for the Scarlet Knights. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and introduce the guy that brings you all the action each and every game day. He is the one, he is the only, Zach Mackey. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Zach Mackey here. And Zach, I, I got to ask you first and foremost, Rutgers has been a team that Iowa has just had a little trouble against lately. As we mentioned earlier in the show, 
The past two outings, Iowa has not been able to get a series win. They do so this weekend. How good did that feel to finally get that redemption win for the Hawkeyes? No, it was good. You know, any time you can, um, I know we've talked about this before, just win a series in the Big Ten. Continue to win series. You know, you'll you'll go far, um, and you'll have the potential to have a really good year if you can just win two of the three. And, you know, that's what Iowa did last weekend against Rutgers. Uh, those doubleheaders are always hard, and, you know, it set up a situation where um, Iowa unfortunately fell in the second game of that. So they didn't get a clean sweep for back-to-back weekends, but now they've won uh, – uh, two weekends in a row, they've got to be really happy with that. And you know, gosh, here, Zach, it seemed like this was destined to be a win for the Hawkeyes, and that started with right out of the gate with Game 1, a game in which Cole McDonald, for the third consecutive start, put up at least six or more strikeouts, of course, eight in that game, uh, part of a 12-strikeout n- night for the entire pitching staff. But ultimately, it seemed like a boost was coming through every single aspect of the Hawkeyes. We had talked about it before, and we asked the question, when are the Hawkeyes going to bring it together both offensively and defensively? And I think that's happened here. What did you like most, and what really gave you the biggest spark about how Iowa was able to string all that together and finally turn things around here with this series? Well, I I just think the um, ability to... um to just it, when it comes down to it, the ability to string some wins together and get a couple of wins in a row—that's what we've seen uh, here. You know, as of recently, since coming home, we're going to see now as this show goes on the road to see how um, Iowa does here coming up. But um, it's um, just one of those games where the guys uh, were able to find a little bit more offense. Those first two games, Friday and the first game Saturday, combined for 15 runs, almost doubles, which you had against Illinois. Unfortunately, like I said, you just couldn't get it done then on that uh, second part of the doubleheader. But I think it just shows the run production that um, Iowa's been able to do. The defense has been there, and it was again there um, on Friday and Saturday, both those games. And uh, as long as you can get a solid defense performance and you can keep the bats, you know, somewhat, they're not going to go crazy. But, you know, they're staying around where, you know, they kind of need to and be able to get enough offense. I think Iowa's good. They, again, are just kind of trying to ride this ship right now as they have a lot of guys injured, a lot of guys out. Um, I, I think you got the potential to have some really nice things happen whenever everyone's on the same page and, and we get everyone healthy. Now, Fortunately, that's continued to, to be longer and longer and keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. But I think you get the potential there. Once again, everybody, Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and the voice of Hawkeye Baseball, Zach Mackey, talking about the Rutgers series in which Iowa won two games to one, first two games, losing the third. But overall, this was a series, Zach, that I think we can all agree a great job done by the Hawkeyes. Efficiency was in order. Iowa, for the third straight series now, has been able to produce 15 to 20 hits throughout the series, 20-plus hits, that is, and come away with wins. Now, you and I talked about Iowa's struggles here in the past couple weeks offensively, and the woes have kind of continued on, but this weekend, a lot of great positivity from this offense. I know it still may be early yet, but when you take a look at this series, given the fact that Iowa has had troubles finding the hits that count as of late. Does this series against Rutgers to you feel like a turning of the page, a changing of the tide, so to speak, for the Iowa offense? 
Yeah, I, I think the top of the order has really found it. Now, luckily, it's really good to see what uh, everything that we've seen out of Chris Whalen now since moved to the top spot. That's been really good to see. And I know, you know, that's a, a guy that we're going to need down the stretch of the season. So to see him continue to do well and uh, continue to get things moving along now up at that top spot, that's great. Um, I think it's a situation to where, uh, you know, you're just going to have to kind of, when guys get out there, whatever it takes, if, it, if it's a bun, if it's a stolen base, you know, you sometimes got to play a little small ball when, when the runs aren't coming, but that's what Iowa's done at times down the stretch of the season, playing for those uh, innings sometimes where you just get one or you get two to be able to cross. Uh, so, you know, that's been a good situation. Um, I think you, you definitely are, de- definitely these bats are improved where they're at right now. Uh, they've gotten better, and they continue to get better as the season gets along. And really one of the big spots was, was Chris Whalen hitting and uh, moving him around, and, and we just saw him out of him. Now you mentioned Chris here, Zach, and certainly is a big part of this offense and an individual that Coach Heller has mentioned on multiple occasions. He needs to get hot for this team to be hot as well. He's a guy that early on, before the season started, he was thought to be a middle-of-the-lineup kind of guy, a middle-of-the-order guy that will bring in a lot of power and bring in a lot of runs. But he struggled as of the beginning part of the season in that spot. Uh, lately, that, is, that has forced him up to the top of the lineup, and we've seen more of the old Chris Whalen. Do you feel that moving him up to the top of the lineup is is brought that spark back for him and what are the overall thoughts like moving him back up there more on a permanent basis well you know it's funny how uh sometimes things like that it's just kind of a change in scenery how things can change and all of a sudden you know you can't really explain it but uh, things just start to click and, and chris seems just so much more comfortable up there he seems like he's seeing the ball better um i i just think that um you know, just sometimes the simplest things in baseball uh, can have a big impact. And right now that big impact is uh, just moving into the top a little bit, and that's worked out well. Chris Whalen, of course, hitting two fifty six for his average on the year. Through 82 at-bats, has 21 hits, six doubles, one home run, slugging at a clip of three sixty six, and currently leads this Hawkeye squad with, at on-base percentage at a clip of four fifty one. That alone ranks him in the top 15, if not top 10, individually at the Big Ten Conference level. Waylon has been able to produce a lot of great hitters counts. In fact, over well over a third of his at-bats this season have come in the form of hitters counts. That means two to three ball counts. And as such, he leads this Hawkeye team in walks at 23, just ahead of Mitchell Bowe but nonetheless leads this Hawkeye squad with 23 walks on the season. I think everybody's wondering this at this point here, Zach. What makes Chris Whalen so special at the plate? Yeah, you know, he, he's always been a good hitter in terms of uh, the type of um, just at-bats he gets, quality at-bats. He sees a lot of pitches. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be out there swinging at balls or anything out of the zone. They're going to have to bring it to him and really put it over the plate. He's done, um, even during you know the little bit of a slump he's had, it wasn't that he was chasing pitches or going after pitches. You know, for the most part, those pitches were coming over the plate. He was making them really bring it around. He's just got a real... Um, ability to be able to know where that strike zone's at and you know i know talking with coach eller and others that's something you, you just can't teach you know you either have it or you don't he's got a great ability to be able to find that and, and see that 
This is Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and the voice of Hawkeye Baseball, Zach Mackey, talking about the series that was for the Hawkeyes. They took on a three-game weekend series against Rutgers University, a newbie to the Big Ten Conference. Iowa, again, winning that series two games to one. And, of course, a lot of highlights thrown in on an individual note. You and I talk about highlights for players each and every week. This week, there was quite a lot of highlights to go around, especially in that Rutgers series. I want to flip this question around just a little bit here, Zach. There were a couple of players that I thought really made a name for themselves or stood out here more than I thought they would this weekend. Was there anybody to you that jumped off the page that had a performance or a weekend performance that kind of surprised you a little bit? Yeah, um, obviously Chris, he did. He had a nice week at a two. They came up big in that first game. Mitchell Bow had a double. I think Austin Martin has continued. He's not so much a surprise, but just a guy as uh, you do well. Um, you know, the win went to Trace Hoffman in that first game. I'm sorry, Cole McDonald, but Trace Hoffman got the um, went ahead and got himself a save, which, you know, it was good to see a guy come in and be able to get that done. But Grant Leonard in the second game, uh, the bases were lit out of a jam. And he's a player for seven and save opportunities, uh, which, you know, shouldn't go unnoticed. He's, he's done a really nice job. That Those are tough situations to come into. And I think, you know, he probably doesn't get enough credit out of the bullpen for everything that he's done in those latter couple of innings when things can go haywire. And we've seen Iowa have some of those comebacks, one of them against Bradley. It is, you know, it's a situation that you're put into a tough spot. And I really like what I've seen out of Grant Leonard. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, listening to Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and the voice of Hawkeye Baseball, Zach Mackey talking about the Rutgers series this past weekend as we dive into game number one, a game in which Hawkeyes won 6-1. to one. And Zach, I think one thing that stood out to me, as we mentioned earlier, the Hawkeyes are a team that normally when they out-hit an opponent, they win. This time they did not out-hit their opponent, but I think that goes well and bodes well to the fact that they were efficient with their hits and got those timely hits that they needed. In all, the Hawkeyes produced seven hits, Rutgers produced nine, yet six runs for the Hawkeyes, one for the Scarlet Knights. What jumped out to you about what Iowa was able to do and how they were able to come up with the win despite not out-hitting their opponent? Yeah, you know, I just think that it is such a... uh such a tough situation um you know to be in when you look up the scoreboard and all of a sudden you're like you know oh no oh shoot it's um you know we out hit them and still can't get it done it's just frustrating because you feel like you've outplayed them you've outdone it offensively and been good enough to be able to win so i think that's a tough situation uh anytime you're in that you're trying to uh and you're trying to you know win ball games Rutgers, on the other hand they just didn't play good enough defensively they uh too many guys led too many free bases. Iowa took advantage of that, but I just think that's so difficult when you're one of those guys and you know you feel like you had such a good game. You look up, yeah, hit them, but it just doesn't work in your in your advantage in the end. Talking about some big hits, I want to revert to inning number six of that game one here, Zach. Boy, you talk about big hits. That was a big inning for the Hawkeyes. It was kind of a turning table, I'd say, for the Hawkeyes in that game because it was a 0-0 ball game entering. Iowa, out of that inning, had a 4-0 lead and pretty much changed the tides. Who knows what, what, what would have happened if Iowa did not produce the offense they did. 
Of course, it started with Chris Whalen and Mitchell Bowe making it on base, which makes things a lot more dangerous for Austin Martin with men on as opposed to bases empty. He goes ahead and hits an RBI double to left, and then Isaiah Fullard comes up and produces the big-time power we've all known he's capable of doing. He, he draws a three-run home run to left field, and this is how it sounded. Is this that may get out of here. High and out towards left, left fielder's back, and it's gone. And then all of a sudden, from a 0-0 ball game, you're up 4-0, and that makes it a lot easier going forward. Uh, Iowa eventually puts up six runs total, thanks to an RBI double by Mitchell Bowe, bringing in two more. But uh, taken back to that sixth inning, what did that show you from the Hawkeyes' standpoint about their offense and about their ability to hit the big-time hits? Well, yeah, you know, you play for those big innings, and, uh, you know, luckily they took advantage of it when there were those opportunities. There were a lot of walks that inning, uh, and this has been an Iowa team that uh, we talked about uh, down the stretch. That it's just so good right now at um, being able to, to figure things out on the fly, but yet, you know, when they're in the box, they're not going to swing at things outside. They're, they're going to make you really bring it to them, and I think they've done a really nice job of that throughout this season, and... Uh, that just became evident in that eighth inning where they got the walks, a hit by pitch, and then came up with the clutch base hits. And that's what, you know, we've been lacking at times, getting guys on base, but being able to get them in. And that top of the order came through all series long. Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey giving you what you need and want to know regarding Iowa Hawkeye baseball right here on Hawkeye Baseball Talk. We move on to game two, and Zach, although not a whole lot to say other than brilliant, I, I think it's safe to say that that was one of the better hitting games for the Hawkeyes. They've had a few that were higher, but man, not by much. 12 hits in that game, producing those nine runs. They did so efficiently, just three strikeouts. I think it's safe to say an overall sound offensive game for Iowa in that game, too. You know, I'm a big fan of looking at where the tides may turn for a team in throughout a season. And, you know, part of me wants to say that this may be the turnaround point for Iowa, where they finally find consistency, you know, past one, two, even three series worth of action. When you look at it, I know that you're a little bit more down to earth and that you look at it a little bit differently here, Zach, but could this be the game that people look back to and say, hey, that was the turning point for Iowa baseball. Yeah, you know, you, you try to pinpoint it. I don't know if you can. You know, sometimes it's easy for you know, to say, oh, you know, this or that or, or, you know, this turning point. I think sometimes with baseball, it just kind of starts to click and starts to all come together. And, um, you know, things have happened during this homestand when uh, the weather's changed. I mean, it's so much different playing baseball here in 70-degree weather than what we were back at the 30-degree weather. It's almost like a, a totally different game in that respect. And I think that's uh, really played to the advantage of Iowa. And I also think that, you know, the guys uh, have continued to get better. Those guys who are freshmen were midway part of the season. You know, they're already halfway to their sophomore year. And those guys have evolved and, and just, uh, you know, continue to, to do good things. And, you know, part of that underclassman group lies within the pitching staff, and that's where I want to go next. You know, we talk about this pitching staff as great. Certainly, it is phenomenal. I think games one and two really, really highlighted that because you, you had 12 strikeouts in game one, seven in game two. 
you stranded 10 runners on base in game one, nine in game two. Think about it. 19 runners stranded on base within two games time. And that's what this pitching staff did. Uh, in fact, just five walks between two games. You know, if you don't get a win because of that mark alone, then there are definitely issues. The Hawkeyes had a phenomenal two games. In fact, a phenomenal series. What is your take on just how they were able to be so effective this weekend off the mound? I think just limit the uh, free bases. You know, they didn't give off the uh, free bases. They went ahead and um, made, uh, you know, made the other team make plays. They had to make plays. They had to hit guys around. I think Rutgers in those uh, first couple of games, uh, a, a couple of times, on one for 13 with runners in scoring position. So, you know, really barreling down. Whenever you got guys in scoring position, you know, you got to bring a little extra not to get them home. Uh, so I, I, I just think, you know, when you limit free bases, uh, good things can happen for you. And, and really those first couple of games, the first two on Friday and Saturday, the first one on Saturday and then the one on Friday were just a concept of not giving out those walks and, and not letting guys out there free. Uh, not very many errors. You know, did a nice job of just closing that all down. Of the many that had a great pitching performance in the series, I want to definitely revert back to Cole McDonald as we talk about. You know, the guy goes out there for a third straight outing and produces at least six strikeouts or more, goes at least five innings in all three of his prior three meeting or outings, I should say. Most recently, that's highlighted by an eight-strikeout performance in that Friday contest against Rutgers. Gave up just three walks, ultimately a performance the Iowa Hawkeyes would love to repeat. And afterwards, this is what Cole himself had to say about his pitching performance, as well as head coach Rick Heller. My goal is just to go out there and pound the zone with all of my pitches. Uh, I, I know I had three walks, but for the most part, I felt like I was being pretty effective, and I was working both sides of the plate, mixing, mixing up speeds, and I think that's what helped make, made me effective tonight. Cole did a great job, too. Gave us a good start. Um, Rutgers hitters really battled. They battled with two strikes. Um, we got a lot of two-strike hits and put us in some jams that Cole was able to work out of. Once again, you're listening to Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Go ahead and continue to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, it's at Hawkeye underscore talk. As we develop that page more, we'll have more content bringing to you. Right now, you can catch every single one of our episodes on our Twitter page at Hawkeye underscore talk. And uh, you may be able to listen to it on many different platforms as well. From Google Podcasts to Apple iTunes iHeartRadio, and coming soon, KXNO.com. It'll be great, however you may be listening in, and we'd love to hear your comments and thoughts, so please go ahead and give us anything that you like. Right now, we continue on uh, from what was a great start from Cole McDonald and a great two-game set from the Hawkeyes in Games 1 and 2 of the series. Unfortunately, Game 3 did not provide a lot of positivity for the Hawkeyes. They came through for just three runs off of those seven hits. You know, we just got done talking about Iowa's efficiency. You know, they weren't able to come through with the big hits, connecting on the big hits. And the fact is that they left 11 runners on base, something that Iowa pretty much ran away from in the last two games and against Illinois in the past series. It's safe to say it was all Rutgers in this one as, well, you talk about efficiency, 
every single hit that Rutgers put out there was matched by a run. Not necessarily because of the runs, but was matched. 15 runs, 15 hits. Uh, ultimately, it was a game in which uh, no team really wanted to field all that well. Seven combined errors between the two teams. But uh, ultimately, you go back, and it was kind of a little bit of a damper on what was a great series overall. When you boil it all down here, Zach, especially with the doubleheader effect in play, is this the type of loss that you just scratch off and say, hey, that was a fluke? Or are there underlying concerns about this loss that could affect Iowa going deeper? Well, those doubleheader ones, it's hard to, you know, exactly put those all in the same category just because you're playing uh, so many games there all of a, all of a sudden. And um, I think that, uh, you know, Coach Eller said sometimes that second game, you, um, you know, you sometimes forget to bring the energy when you have such a big game and the first one do such a good job with it that time. So that may have been a case where, you know, I was in a situation where they just didn't really bring uh, the energy that they needed in that second game. And um, I also think that, uh, you know, as long as you win this series, again, you want to sweep, obviously. But if you win the series, you got to be happy with it. you got to consider it a successful weekend. So I think coming back, you know, to talk throughout this week, now the last couple of practices, the guys got an extra day off. It's just, um, you know, let, let's continue to win series and keep things moving up. Nothing to uh, be, you know, that mad about last weekend. It was a tough loss in that one. It was actually Rutgers' biggest win um, in since joining the Big Ten Conference in terms of 15 runs. They hadn't done that. Uh, since joining the conference a couple of years ago. So, and, you know, that respect, it was kind of one of those things when things went haywire, they just continued to go and really just didn't have an answer in that game. Once again, this is Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Thank you for listening in and tuning in. We're going to wrap up our talk about the Rutgers series with this question here, Zach. When you view it from the 10,000-foot level, What's your biggest takeaway about the Hawkeyes and this series win here against Rutgers? I think just uh, the big takeaway was that this is uh, another Big Ten victory and another one to be able to to chalk up. You know, I thought that uh, it was also a thing that uh, you know that made you realize that hey, you got to bring the energy in both those uh, double headers, or you know, no matter who they are, especially in this league, they're going to be able to get the better of you and they've got a chance uh, to win any game. So these weekends. Uh, are never easy. They're so hard uh, in the Big Ten. There, there's so much competitiveness on the weekends, but you know, if you don't bring it one game, all of a sudden you get yourself behind, and it kind of becomes a snowball effect. And got to make sure you jump on teams early and uh, just just continue to win weekends. Hawkeye baseball talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Now let's go ahead, Zach, and expand our coverage, our thought to the conference as a whole. Last year, you had some big names like Brent Spillane, uh, Tyler Cropley for Iowa, Robert Newstrom also for Iowa. Big-time names that the nation knew, let alone school by school. This year, you know, while there are a lot of uh, still a lot of good players, it doesn't seem like there's as many big-time splash players as there was a year prior. And overall, it seems like the Big Ten Conference, and again, I know it's still early, but it seems like the Big Ten stacking up-wise isn't where it was last year. From your vantage point, how do you feel this conference stacks up to what it did last year and kind of where it does nationally at this point? 
Well, um, when you look at the top 25, we don't have any one of the top 25. So I think as a, on a national stage, uh, the Big Ten uh, probably doesn't have those top couple of teams uh, like maybe we saw last year with Minnesota, Michigan, Indiana made a run last year too. But, um, you know, I, I do think that uh, those middle couple of teams um, like comparable to where we're at right now are really, really close. And uh, still waiting for anyone. I think it's anyone's league. When you look at uh, how how anyone's doing, you still got a shot. If you're Iowa, you're going to have to, you know, get winning a lot after you set yourself kind of in a hole against Indiana there opening weekend. But um, I I think it's a competitive league up and down. A team that uh, a lot of teams with top RPIs and uh, they can help you get a boost in the RPI system. But uh, I think you're not going to maybe see that one national seed, a team making uh, a, a poll at hosting a regional this year. Just from what we've seen, it, we're still just at the halfway point. It's all about who gets hot and when. But uh, right now, you know, you don't see anyone in the top 25. But uh, you see a lot of teams that are around the same area and, and teams that could really make, uh, make a run in the Big Ten and all of a sudden get themselves in championship contention. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. And Zach, one of those teams that I think have been kind of indicative about this season, and I know it's still young yet, and I really, I'm always for the Big Ten, don't get me wrong, but it seems like as Minnesota goes, so does the conference. You know, they're the first team from the Big Ten to make a Super Regional since Super Regionals were started, really. And the last Big Ten member to make it to the College World Series. And that was back in the Dave Winfield era. So it's been some time. But nonetheless, I feel as though the conference goes where Minnesota goes. Minnesota, throughout all of last year, had a team batting average over 300. This year, sulking around about a 264 mark. When you hear and see that, does that scare you just a little bit? I mean, where are you at with Minnesota as they sit now compared to last year? Yeah, I, I think they're a solid program. Uh, you know, they're always going to be a team that's in the top uh, couple of contention. They um, they had a lot of um, older guys leading them, but yet they had a lot of young talent, I thought, up and down. Uh, you know, with where they sat right now, I know they're six and three in conference, uh, but you know how quickly that can turn. And uh, there are three weekends in Michigan is the top team right now, just as two weekends under their belt and not even a full two weekends, just five total games. Uh, so there's still a lot of games to be played if you're Michigan. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a Minnesota team that you're always going to see their best. You're going to see a Minnesota team that is. Uh, got uh, talent up and down they recruit that state they recruit wisconsin very hard get a lot of good talent out of those two states and um, I, I just think it's a team that's always going to be towards those top couple of spots in the big ten one other team i want to look at in particular within the big ten here zach and a team that was dubbed in the preseason the winner of the big ten would be michigan Early on, they were dubbed the Big Ten's regular season and tournament champion. They were deemed the team most likely to go furthest within the Big Ten Conference. Uh, Since they've had quite the up-and-down kind of a season, they almost lost a series to Cal State Northridge, the team in which Iowa bested in a three-game series. They lost to Oklahoma State, 
was swept by Texas Tech, but then has had kind of a little bit of a bounce back winning series against Minnesota, a tough Indiana State series, and now they're going to get set to take on Ohio State coming up here soon. Ultimately, you know, a lot of people still love Michigan to be the Big Ten favorite. I'm not necessarily sold on that. How legitimate is it to say at this point in time that Michigan will be Big Ten's champion? I think very legitimate. I think uh, they play a really tough non-conference schedule to get them ready. Uh, And, you know, they were coming in as one of the top teams in the country uh, with some of those losses in the non-conference. They took them out of the top 25. I think they've got the chance to get back in there. But um, I think they're, you know, the the team to be coming in. and, And so far, they've lived up to it. Aside from the likes of Illinois and Michigan, as we've already talked about here, Zach, what other Big Ten team or which other Big Ten teams do you see having a legitimate chance of cracking the top 25 rankings and making a huge impact, if not winning the Big Ten Conference? I think Indiana could. Um, you know, they're 7-2 and two right now in conference play. They're 19-12 and 12 overall. They played another really tough conference. Uh, scheduled Nebraska is doing really well here all of a sudden in the Big Ten. But uh, I think Indiana is the other practical one to maybe get a shot in the top 25. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Zach, you and I discussed this early on, uh, kind of our preview to the Big Ten season. But now I ask you again, as we move to the other side of the spectrum here, what Big Ten team could you see as being the biggest surprise of the conference? We already talked about Penn State's strong performance. Minnesota's still coming up uh, as of late. Northwestern has had a good run. Who is your dark horse of a team within the Big Ten Conference? I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Northwestern. They've won five straight now. They're four and two. They're in fourth place in the conference. They, um, they've gone on a run now. They just went above 500. They played uh, in a lot of games down south and had a losing record coming back home but now four straight wins have, have set them up well and um, you know all of a sudden they look pretty good in Big Ten games. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. We're talking about the week that was but now we're moving on to the week that is. The Hawkeyes traveled to Peoria, Illinois and unfortunately fell to Bradley, a team they faced once before 3-1. to one. Uh, But the biggest thing that I want to kind of touch on here and and let everybody know in particular, Zach, I I think when people see a school like Bradley on the schedule for the Hawkeyes twice and not in a three-game series or even a two-game series, but two separate games, one at Dwayne Banks Field and one in Peoria, Illinois, I think people might get the wrong idea of that. So kind of take us through what is the history, why schedule the likes of Bradley twice within two separate day sets well the simple reason is just because there uh, is no d1 team in this state so you don't have any d1 team to play in a midweek and it's got to be close enough so um you kind of start looking two hours two hours plus away and bradley comes to mind they're right there a team uh, a d1 program that uh, has had success in the missouri valley they're playing a great conference and uh you know we've had uh We've had some good luck uh, somehow go our way. We had a walk-off last year against them at home. This year, in the bottom of the eighth inning, they had an error that scored four runs. So it's been unfortunate for them. But 
simple, really. They're just one of the closest teams to be able to play in a midweek game. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. We now continue on as we look towards West Lafayette, Indiana, a place where Iowa will head to this weekend as they take on the Purdue Boilermakers, a team currently sitting with a record of 10-21, 4-4 inside the Big Ten. They have an RPI of 156. Taking a look at who they have played against top 25 teams, the Boilermakers are 1-3. Against top 50 teams, they are 0-8. Now, this is a team, Zach, as you have very well mentioned, is coming off of a phenomenal season from the year prior, a year in which they made the program's third trip to the NCAA tournament in school history. Unfortunately, just like Minnesota, they have to deal with some big-time losses and big-time sluggers like Nick DelSandro and Jason McGowan. But a couple guys that I'll have you look out for here and that will be pretty big moving forward one is a guy that's already been well-noticed, and his name is Skylar Hunter. Currently hitting at a clip of 343, has 37 hits. That's a top seven mark inside the Big Ten on an individual note. He does yield the conference top mark in terms of triples, four triples on the season. So this guy knows how to hit it and hit it hard, and he has the speed to really put pressure on pitchers and that pitching staff. So in terms of guys to watch out for, he is the multi-tool guy that you do not went up in the big situations, and really you don't want to walk him either. So he's a guy that you have to attack, and uh, you know I guess you just go for broke, attack him big, or go home, so to speak. On the pitching side of things, although they do lose the likes of Tanner Andrews, the Purdue Boilermakers do have the likes of bringing back Patrick Smith, currently boasting a clip of 4.7 for his ERA, uh, he's he's kind of like Cole McDonald, not indicative of how well he truly pitches. This is a guy that can put up 38 strikeouts on the season and hold teams to just 229 average on the season hitting-wise. So knowing that here, Zach, and knowing what this team has done year to year, I mean, you have seen this team develop. You've seen what head coach Mark Wojcicki is doing with this club. What sort of dangers does this Purdue Boilermaker squad pose to this Iowa Hawkeye team here this weekend? Well, uh, you know, they're a team that um, that hits well. They've had a good um, uh, a good season so far, probably not to the likes of, of where they'd like to be after last season. Coach Wazowski, uh, you know, since coming there, has kind of been able to breathe some life into that program, just like Coach Heller uh, has done. They came in at the same time and kind of similar have had a lot of success they played you want to talk about a, a tough non-conference they started down at at southern miss who's number 20 in the country then turned around with texas uh, who was in the top 10 at the time and then they traveled on the road at oral roberts who continues to win that conference they are no easy tasks and uh so they played a really tough non-conference too uh and so far you know they've um they've had their way in the in the big 10 uh in the beginning and then I uh, got swept last weekend by Nebraska. It was a tough one. Uh, lost some really big games, 17-0 in the Friday night. So they've struggled to put up runs too. Uh, so I just think it's um, you know a game where they give up too many free bases. Their their pitching is kind of where they lack right now. They're trying to pick up the pieces. Once again, everybody, Hawkeye baseball talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Now, Zach, this is a team that Iowa has had some fair success against. 
Of course, they haven't played Purdue since the 2017 season, and then further back, back in the 2015 campaign, both series in which Iowa took the win, of course, 2015 sweeping Purdue three games to none, and, and 2017 winning two out of the three games. Both matchups were filled with a lot of excitement, as all Big Ten Conference series tend to be, but Purdue seems to bring a little extra special excitement. Uh, when you take a look back at all the Purdue-Iowa matchups you've been a part of, which one stands out most to you? Against Purdue, huh? Um, you know, we've had uh, success at, at home against Purdue down the stretch of the season, and, uh, you know, just really... Um, have done good things at home against them in that 2017 season when we went to the NCAA tournament, won the Big Ten, uh, beat them twice in the regular season, and uh, did not see them in the Big Ten tournament. But uh, that kind of got things uh, moving along. Then Iowa won the next four straight series after that, kind of kick-started things. So I think that was uh, you know one of the good ones back in 2017. Of course, Zach, as you very well know, a big driving force behind the excitement that has been Purdue baseball versus Iowa the last few years has been their coach. You talked about him, Coach Wazowski, making a big impact and really helping this Purdue club get back to dominance. You mentioned he came in the same time Coach Rick Heller came into the University of Iowa. What was your initial reaction when you were first introduced to Coach Wazowski and how did, how similar does he run compared to what Coach Heller is doing here at Iowa? Well, you know, they, they uh, like I said, got a new staff quite a while ago, and Coach Coach Waz has done a really nice job. They're always solid defensively, and uh, they, they've got, you know, a good pitching staff. He um, was hired back in, in 2016 and went ahead and turned the program around right away. Uh, spent some time at, at Oregon, Arizona, Florida. So he's from, you know, that area down in the south. He's had success down there. And uh, I just think so far, you know, he, he's just got always really solid teams that, that aren't going to give you free bases. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey wrapping things up here as we discuss where the Hawkeyes are headed. They are traveling to West Lafayette, Indiana for the first time since 2015. Iowa currently holds the all-time series lead 98-68, and they have won the last three series dating back to 2014. Zach, I got to say here, before we end off, I've heard reports of snow in the most northern states, like Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. When you think about it, when you get to travel to West Lafayette, Indiana, where it's 50, 60 to 70 degree weather. How much better does that make you feel knowing you're finally in actual baseball weather? Oh, yeah, no, it's so much better to play in the heat. Anytime you can, Purdue's got a great environment. They uh, built a new stadium some time ago, so, you know, they, they've got a nice uh, setup there that's going to be uh, fun and a, and a great place to be able to watch a ball game. Looking forward to that. And uh, it's just, it just makes it so much better when you're playing in the heat. You know, the Hawkeyes get to do so within the confines of Alexander Field in West Lafayette. Great weather, a great field. Kind of take us through your thoughts on the field and the atmosphere that will be awaiting for you guys there at Alexander Field this weekend. You know, it's a fairly new environment. It's um, really nice press box. You get a grandstand behind. 
it's a, a natural service that they keep really great care of and uh, do a great job with it. It's just a nice place to be able Final question here on Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Once again, the Hawkeyes traveling to West Lafayette, Indiana, going to take on the Purdue Boilermakers. Zach, one final thing here. We've established that really every single Big Ten series is important. Obviously, it has a lot of weight towards the Big Ten tournament and, of course, standings moving forward. But in terms of this series and the impact that we talk about, how much weight do you put on this series for the Hawkeyes and the importance to win? Well, I, I don't think it has any more importance than any other Big Ten series. But, um, you know, the, the current series, whatever one's in front of you, that's the big one. And, uh, you know, right now it's it's Purdue, and you just try to continue to win the series. If you can get a sweep, that's really nice. And uh, if Iowa wants to have a, a chance in the Big Ten, continue to run their way up, they, they need to be able to get two and, and possibly three here this weekend. Well, Zach, go ahead and get on the bus. you got to travel all the way to West Lafayette, Indiana. Thank you so very much for taking the time. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that puts an official wrap on our conversation this week. I want to give a big shout-out to all those who have made this podcast possible. You know who you are, and thank you so very much. Please give this a share and a like. We'll be posting these on Twitter at Hawkeye underscore talk. Please go ahead and like it, share it, and spread the word. We'll catch up with you next week as we talk all about this Purdue series, about the midweek slate of games coming on up, and a whole lot more fun. But until then, we're going to sign off. And as they say in the showbiz world, until next time, stay safe.